0: Welcome to Novell Sales Talk. I'm your host, Aaron Quill. And I'm Randall Barch. And today in the Mobile Brainshare
1: studio, we have Kevin Gates. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Kevin, who are you with? I'm with Sirius Computer Solutions. We're IBM's largest reseller. IBM's largest reseller as far as what? When it comes to overall IBM systems and storage and combined together, we resell more IBM equipment than any other business partner in the world. No way. And where are you guys based out of? San Antonio, Texas is where our corporate headquarters are, and then we've got offices dotted across all of the United States.
0: We asked you to come in and sit down and talk to us today, not about your normal IBM equipment, meaning normal IBM equipment as far as servers, laptops, and stuff like that. You guys actually do some very cool stuff on the mainframe, don't you? We do. So what type of thing do you guys do on the mainframe?
1: Well, you know, we have our traditional side, which I'm not involved with at all. So if you want to know anything about ZOS or traditional ZVM, I'm the wrong guy. I specialize on Linux for System Z. As you well know, the mainframe used to be the mainframe, right? And you know, we think of old guys in white lab coats sitting in rooms that are full of big machines. And the mainframe's really developed into a very open system. And we look at Other systems, we call them distributed instead of open because we feel like System Z is as open as the distributed systems today. The System Z box is about the size of a large refrigerator. You've got frames inside the main box, and we are able to create multiple personalities and run multiple operating systems in System Z today, and Linux is one of them.
0: So give me an idea of some of those other operating systems. I'm obviously very familiar with the fact that we can run SUSE Linux up on the mainframe. What other OS's do you run when you say personalities?
1: ZOS, the traditional operating system, and then there are a lot of customers that still run ZVM as a traditional operating system. They'll, they're called ZVM-ESA or, or something like that. And even things like Kix. Yeah, Kix runs on the operating systems right. themselves. When you talk about old school COBOL and Kix yeah. and that kind of stuff, IMS, that's going to be the traditional side. And then we have Linux, which we really like, SUSE Linux, running on the box also. And the nice thing about System Z is that when you have these environments, they are so discrete Although we do share some hardware components, when it comes to security, when it comes to resource sharing, we're extremely discreet, almost to the point where we're separate physical boxes. And that's great because that means we can take advantage of running, say, production, test and development on the same box. And if one of those three things happens to go down, it does not affect the other systems. And customers really like that kind of an environment.
0: And that makes sense because we talk about reliability when we talk about servers, we talk about RAID, we talk about mirroring and SAN and and everything. When we're talking about actually running things on the mainframe, it's at a whole different level that we're talking about reliability and uptime, isn't it?
1: It is, and and I want to be clear, there's System Z with ZOS reliability, where you've got lots and lots of integration between the hardware and the operating system. With Linux, we don't have quite that integration because we're not ZOS, right? right? So we'd never say we could be ZOS. But what we can say, is that we're running on hardware that has a mean time life failure that is longer than any of our careers, right? Yeah. You buy a system Z box and you bring up an LPAR, chances are that LPAR is gonna be running twenty three or thirty years down the road, you yeah. know, if you haven't taken the box down yourself. Yeah. And that's what we like to take advantage of because that allows us to do things like failover or load balancing on the same box and have very secure feeling that it's not going to go down. You know, if a meteor hits the data center, well, you got bigger problems to worry about, right? The other cool thing that I
0: like, at least from people that I've talked about that are running Linux up on the mainframe, is how much you can tax that box. You know, normally if we're talking about a traditional server, if your box is running at 50 or 60% utilization, chances are you're thinking, okay, how soon am I going to move to another box? This box is really getting tapped out that's really not the case with the stuff you guys are playing with, right?
1: That's correct. We like to run above 90%. And it's funny, a good buddy of mine, Buzz Weckener from Nationwide, he doesn't blink an eye if his systems are up at 98% utilization because it just runs the same at that utilization as it would at 20%. So we're not talking about desktop machine processors in these things? No, no, no. We're using a different type of processor. But more importantly, the architecture around the processor is very different. Much more efficient, much faster than what you see in other systems. Not to say that other systems aren't maturing and getting some of that technology, especially IBM, say P-Series or X-Series, where they're actually taking mainframe, quote-unquote, technology and implementing it today. So we're seeing a lot of movement back and forth. Where our weakness was in the past was the speed of our processor. If you look just seven years ago, our processor was running about 700 megahertz in Intel terms. Well today we're running 4.4 gigahertz. And the reason why we're able to do that is because we were able to borrow some power technology and integrate it with the CICS technology Mm -hmm. on System Z. So for me, that's what's cool about IBM is you get three different platforms that are borrowing and taking strengths from each other, and I think that's very cool.
0: Can we take a minute and just run through a couple actual real customers or different industries where you guys have done some cool stuff of moving stuff off of traditional servers or traditional workloads up onto the mainframe?
1: Sure. It's interesting because when we first started, I came from a distributed background. So before 2002, I didn't even really know what a mainframe was, right? I joined the company at that time was Denver Solutions Group, and they were strictly a mainframe company. That's all they did. And when they asked me to do Linux on the mainframe, I thought, well, I'll look into it. It was pretty cool, so I did it. Long story short is, back then, we didn't have a lot of power. 700 megahertz processor. What are you going to do with that, right? That's problematic. But we were able to do some cool stuff. We were able to take, for university who I can't name, 400 print servers and consolidate them all down to a single engine running on that box and we still had capacity left over. Now, that's not much of a processor. What that speaks to is really the IO architecture around the processor. So that's kind of where we began. And as the machine, the box itself has matured, things got better and better. One of the big kept secrets about System Z is that we don't run all of our instructions on the main CPU. We have what are called system assist processors, and they handle all of the I.O. and memory instruction sets. And so the main CPU offloads to these guys, and because we have very short hops between these processors, it's a very, very efficient system. So when we get to today, we can start running workloads like IBM DB2 or Oracle, and performance all of a sudden just starts to scream. I can give you a couple real-world examples of what we've seen. We have a company, I can actually name them here because they're very public, NCCI. The long story short is we took a Power 5 570 box. It was a four-way box that ran an Oracle database application in about six hours and 32 minutes. We threw it on two IFLs on what was called a Z890. This is about four years ago now. And performance went down, you know, a little bit. I forget actually what the number was, but it was nothing great. But Z9 technology was the new technology that was coming out at the time. And we were able to take two engines, we call them IFLs, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we ran on those two engines and six hours and 30 minutes, all of a sudden became three hours and 10 minutes. And the utilization of those two engines was not maxed out. We were running at about 50, 60%. Well, then Z10, which is the newest version, it's been out for almost two years now, they wanted to test it on Z10, and execution time went down to an hour and five minutes. So we went from six hours and 30 minutes down to an hour and five minutes using two engines, and they're not fully utilized. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's where consolidation comes in, because we took this large execution window, and we reduced it significantly. So once we've run that overnight Process, we've got those engines freed up to do all sorts of other quote unquote stuff. And that's where System Z can really shine. If you've got a big HP Superdome or something like that and it's a 32A and it's running at 60% three quarters of the day, we're not going to look at that as a consolidation candidate for System Z because we'd be going to a one to one ratio of engine versus engine. That makes no sense. But if you've got a lot of Oracle or DB2 or WebSphere or Tomcat or whatever the servers are running at lower utilizations, That's where we can start running all those different applications on IFLs and reduce the number of engines required and uh, hopefully reduce performance time and centralized administration.
2: Let's step back to that unnamed university. You said you consolidated 300 uh, print servers, 400. 400 print servers, sorry. Were those print servers Unix or Linux or were they another operating system?
1: It was a mix. They had some Samba stuff going on. They had some Windows stuff going on. And they wanted to consolidate. And their first idea was to go with, down the Unix path. And we came in and said, you know, we got this thing Samba. You know, back then it was still new to the corporate world. And I actually talked to the Samba team. They were very nervous about the number of instances that we wanted to run. Okay, like, hey, let's just try it. We tried it work like a charm right out of the box in fact it took us longer to do the printer definitions than anything else just very quick and easy to bring
2: does that mean hardware consolidation so that all of these print servers became a single print server running on, single instance running on the IFL. Or does that mean you just transferred them straight across and there are 400 instances
1: of print servers? I forget what the number was. It was less than 20. We had like 20 Samba instances running to handle the workload. And we wanted to optimize queuing and all that kind of stuff. But it all ran on a single engine. And so we went from, I'd guess, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40 or 50 physical boxes down to to the single box. We're not just talking
2: about the hardware and space outlay of all those 400 print servers. We're talking about a lot of consolidation of the management time of all those separate boxes.
1: Exactly right. And you see that with other virtualization technologies. Like, I'm a big fan of VMware. I love Zen. So I think what Plate Spin is bringing to the plate, I guess you could say, <laughs> is really terrific. With System Z, because we're using ZVM underneath it, a lot of the tasks that you deal with in these other virtualization, maybe not Zen so much, but VMware, disappear when it comes to like patching and upgrading. I mean, there are customers who literally will install ZVM and run it for years and never think about it. And then maybe a new version comes out and they say, ah, we're going to go and update. They take a day or so to do that. And then, boom, they'll just run VM again for a couple more years. There's, there's nothing else to think about. It's the little things like that that help to reduce the administration requirements. And it's been a strong story for us. Do customers
0: typically come to you guys because they're looking for consolidation on the System Z, or is that
1: something that you're normally bringing up to them? Good question. In the past, it used to be us going to them. That started to change about eh, just under two years ago. They'd start hearing all these things, and to be honest, a lot of them came to me and said, you know, we're hearing these stories and we think it's a bunch of crud. Can you tell us what the truth is? And, you know, there's marketing out there, right? So you have to kind of level the field a little bit, but a lot of the stories, are true that people are hearing, and we've been in the middle of a lot of them. You talk about the city of Quebec up in Canada that consolidated Upteen licenses down to five engines, right? And I think it's around 300 Oracle databases, production, test, and development, right? So you're not running 300 production databases. But down to five engines, I mean, that saved them millions of dollars of licensing fees.
0: When you say 300 instances, is that running on Windows boxes or Linux boxes or were they already running up on the mainframe? No,
1: they were running on all sorts of platforms, different platforms as I understand it, and they consolidated down to Linux. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the cool thing about Oracle is that Oracle is Oracle is Oracle, like Linux is Linux is Linux. None of the DBAs ever believed me. In fact, this NCCI story, they hated me when I showed up. Oh, I mean, they wouldn't go to lunch to me. I wanted to buy them lunch. They refused. They wouldn't do it. Now, we're not best friends, but they at least went, okay, well, Gates wasn't full of a bunch of crud when he was he was talking.
0: Right. You didn't come sell him something and then performance went down or was equal. I mean, they
1: actually saw the value of it. They saw the value of it. They saw that their administration world did not change. Except they could scale a whole lot higher and... Well, and that's the thing is we can flip on IFLs at need, right? That's kind of the cool thing about Z is you've got all these dormant CPUs sitting in the box and you can flip them on and use them and then when you're done, you can turn them off and IBM charges you for what you used and you're done.
0: Just yesterday, I I was talking with some of the System Z guys and they were telling me that that's exactly what they did for a large customer during the Super Bowl, which is they literally, two days before the Super Bowl, flipped on a bunch of IFLs that were already sitting in the mainframe and they let them run for a week and it just purely handled Apache traffic that was coming in from all the increased traffic that they got from their Super Bowl ad. And literally 10 days afterwards, they were able to throttle way back. They didn't have to buy new equipment. Yeah, they got a higher bill from IBM for that one month period. But they were totally happy with it because they didn't need to change anything. They didn't need to modify their web servers. Nothing. Just literally expand the amount of resources that they're allowed to use. Yeah, you know, IBM's management software. Can any of that starting up of
2: other processors happen automatically? Yes. Okay. And then workloads could be moved over.
1: Uh huh. You've got different options there. Uh, one of the things that Z brings to the plate is a very, very robust workload manager. The P series is benefiting from that, and they're starting to take advantage of that. I'm a Z guy but my heart's always been on the distributed side so it's really exciting to me to see that all the platforms are maturing and taking advantage of each other's technology. I think it's something that IBM offers that no other company has to offer because they just don't do that for some reason. Now, HP I think does a great job. I think Dell has a place out there too so I'm not saying that there's only one good solution out there, right? Right. But what I will say is if you've got this heterogeneous environment, The best thing you can do is create a homogenous operating system as much as possible, because Linux is Linux is Linux. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Companies are buying into it, and I think SUSE Novell is doing a great job providing tools to get companies to do that.
0: You've talked a couple times about production, dev, and testing. Mm -hmm. Is it fairly easy for me to go to the System Z and say, here's my production box. What I want to do is clone that guy and all of a sudden have a backup copy of him that I can play with in testing or in development?
1: You bet. Now, I will qualify my statement by saying that we don't have all of the neat graphical user interface stuff that you have in VMware. I'm cool with command line. (laughs) If you're cool with command line, then it's good. There are scripts that are floating out there all over the place to get a lot of stuff done. And there are tools out there. In fact, we just saw one at, there's a conference called Share last week. And something we've never seen before that is offering that. So we're starting to see more and more of that. And frankly, people want to see that. And that's great, we're behind the eight ball in there. But yeah, the short answer is yeah, we can do it. And it's not really that painful, even at the command line. You've gotta be at least 10 years younger than me. I mean, no, I'm probably. not, <laughs> I just look super young. <laughs> Good for you. Man. I'm not nearly, oh, I've been in the industry over 25 years. Darn, man, that, now I'm feeling really old. Anyways, the young crowd that's out there, and, and IBM has a very large education initiative going on for educating z-savvy administrators. It's exciting because these kids are coming out, but they want the graphical and user interfaces because they're used to it from their Windows world and all that kind of good stuff. And now we're finally starting to supply that a little bit, and that makes them more comfortable. Oh, cool. Do
0: you have any experience of customers wanting to, uh, where you know maybe they've built a .NET application in-house, and they've just outgrown what they can actually do on normal PC hardware. Do you have anybody moving any of those
1: apps up to the mainframe? We have one customer who's seriously looking at it right now. We love Mono. We think it's a great product. In our experience, we've had so many political issues where, I mean, they're going to come after us with pitchforks and torches, some of these app dev guys, that it's been a really difficult sell. That being said, management is starting to see the limitations of .NET, right? And especially when it comes to scalability and so that's what we're using on our play right now, and it seems to be working. It's with an insurance company. We're learning from this first experience, and we're hoping to be able to take it and apply it to other customers.
0: Cool. What other types of scenarios do you typically run in? If you can, again, run through just a couple customers, Or industries where you guys have done unique things
1: by moving workloads up there? Sure. Websphere or application server consolidation has been really interesting. There are a lot of government agencies out there who have like their little government agency websites and they're very rogue. I mean literally somebody's got a server tucked underneath his desk and nobody's supposed to know about it. And what we've been able to do with Z is say you know what, let's create Linux guests. Throw an Apache server in there and then let these people have at it and we don't have to worry about hardware, we don't have to worry about a security risk because Fred's got his PC jacked into the network from here or whatever. They're buying off on that a great deal. We're seeing a lot of business intelligence today using different tools actually. Fair Isaac is out there with their Blade Advisor tool. IBM just purchased Cognos and we've got a lot of traction with Cognos right now. The advantage to running those kind of tools is that at nighttime time when you've got a lot of processing fits in the Z world very well oh yeah sure now we're finally, it wasn't a Z issue, it was a Linux, tr- we trust Linux issue, but a lot of these utilities like DNS or monitoring or using things like MRTG for monitoring, you know, you can script your MRTG to do different stuff are being used by companies also. You see companies who will be out there and they'll say, ah, oh, you know, we've got this old risk box that we bought five years ago, why don't we throw MRTG on that box and run it from there? Well, it's still taking up space, it's taking up power, yep. and it's just a pain to administer. Why not just flip up a virtual Linux guest, run it there, and buy and forget.
0: And backup, because the problem is when we wind up with these little servers underneath people's desks or using old hardware, people forget to back it up because they go, you know what, it's just a DNS server. Well, yeah, it's just a DNS server, but what happens if it's down? All of a sudden, nobody can get to anything within the environment.
1: Exactly right. And so we're, we we go after rogue stuff all the time. Now, the guys who own the rogue stuff don't like it. But, <laughs>
2: Unless the interface to get to it is really easy and provision another one to be able to sandbox something. You can dangle that in front of them and say, hey, you could just create a copy of that just really quickly with a, this simple requisition or request or whatever. And
1: he can still be in control. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest issues for people to adjust mentally is they think they're going to lose control because it's on a different piece of hardware. And what we're saying is, who cares what hardware it's running on? It shouldn't matter. You're still going to have control. You can putty in, and you have all your rights, and you can do whatever you want to do. People are still resistant to us. I guess it's the human side of us. I don't know.
2: Well, the younger generation is getting used to that, right? But, uh, the iPod and the iPhone and the, and the laptop are, ju- are just a terminal.
0: When you're out talking to customers, what are just some of the key benefits that you're telling that, here's the key reasons why you should think about moving these workloads, up to System Z.
1: Main key of course is always going to be the cost. There's still this pervasive thought that mainframe is expensive. Now I'm not going to say that the ZOS side isn't expensive because it's, it's still pricey. It's a lot better than what it used to be. If you look sure. at the trend, it's a lot less expensive. Linux is priced entirely different than ZOS. We're priced like normal distributed software would be priced. And there are two ways to look at it. If you already have a System Z box, Well, what we're saying is, you know what? We add Linux to your box. You get a better bang for your buck out of your box, right? Let's add value to your frame. If they don't have system Z, and this is where things are interesting because we're actually increasing our market share now because we're selling Z to companies who've never had Z before. And what IBM's done, well, they've been very, very smart. They say, okay, Mr. Customer, let's say, Randall, you tell me that you got a bunch of WebSphere that you want to run, and you're going to use, I don't know, MySQL as the back end. Right. So I say to you, I can get you a system Z box and you're gonna run Linux and you're gonna run everything on that Linux box. And the connectivity between the, the WebSphere stuff and your MySQL is gonna run at near memory speed. Wow. Okay. There's no hops. There are no hops. Security, there is no wire to sniff, there's no nothing there. We're running it under ZVM, which remember, is over 30 years old, right, as a technology. That doesn't mean it's old and small and you. What it means is it's very efficient, it's very fast, it's extremely secure, right? So we're going to offer that environment for you, but we're going to do it at a price point much, much lower than a system Z-Box because we take ZOS completely out of the equation. So now what we have are these frames that we're selling that are price competitive with risk boxes. I can go out there right now and beat HP Superdome in pricing with a Z-Box. Who's ever heard of that? That's crazy talk, right? But we're doing it. And so customers are going, this is kind of interesting. I'll give you one other example. I can't give you their name. I wish I could. We have a customer that does stock trading, online stock trading. In the past year, they have purchased four Linux-only system Z-Boxes, over 120 IFLs. Now, where things get interesting is they took Oracle itself, that was running on 128 Fujitsu Spark processors, and consolidated that workload down to 29 IFLs. So their licensing automatically went from the big number to the small number, right? Millions of dollars, right? Their performance goes up. Their scalability, because they're only using, in a system Z-Box, we can expand up to 64 IFLs, Okay. They're using 29, okay? So they have all this extra box that they can use. And one of the other strengths of System Z is that you've got these huge pipes. We can put in these 10 gigabit OSA cards and stack, I think it's 24 or 26 in a box. You can aggregate them, you can do anything you want. And then inside of the box, you can create multiple virtual layer two, layer three ethernet networks, right? So if you think about it, all these networks running inside, we have v-switches, guest lands, the whole, what it looks like physically on the outside world, that's how it looks like in, inside a single box. So now you're removing layers of complexity out of your data center. You don't have to go buy that switch if you don't want to, because we can do it virtually if your security team will let you do it, right? And we keep it all inside one box. Yeah, It's pretty cool stuff. And the price is compelling. The only other piece that people hesitate about is ZVM. They say, oh, ZVM, it's big, complex operating system. Yeah, do I need one of those
2: old-time systems programmers to manage (laughs) the whole thing? you got to dust them off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs)
1: That's exactly, you dust them off and pull them out of the back room. Um, You don't, because you only need to know 5% of ZVM to handle Linux administration. The rest of it, you don't need it. In fact, I call ZVM a hypervisor. I just, and the old school v, ZVM guys get mad at me. But that's what it is. So you're saying that
2: there's a, a number of customers that are implementing Z, System Z just to run IFLs, just to run Linux on them. Correct. They're not doing anything with ZOS other than it's just
1: sitting there. Not even sitting there. Not oh, even in the, okay. the box is purely ZVM and Linux. Okay. okay. No ZOS whatsoever on the box. So are you bringing
0: those boxes into customers that didn't own mainframes before? Yes. That is awesome.
1: Yeah. And that's cool because we're actually increasing our market presence, right? Yeah. Instead of it decreasing. You know, Customers will say we're getting off the mainframe, and five years later they're still trying to get off the mainframe. Yeah. And today what we're doing is saying, well, why don't you do this and this and this with Linux? And now they're saying, oh, you know what? We might as well go leave our CICS and our COBOL on the ZOS side and we'll add the Linux And then we have this thing called HyperSockets, which is a data transport, kind of an Ethernet connection, memory speed, where we can go from Linux to the ZOS side. And so we could do, say, WebSphere or Apache or whatever on the front side with Linux, use HyperSockets to go memory speed to hit CICS, IMS, DB2, whatever you've got running back there, and use that for modernization or just plain old web serving, whatever you want to do all in the same box. So it's a pretty compelling story there for customers who have a lot invested still on the traditional side.
2: When you're talking about memory speed, are we talking about equivalent memory speeds to in an Intel type of server? Or are we talking faster memory no, speeds? No,
1: we're talking faster than that. And we're being recorded, boy oh boy. I think it's a 60 gigabyte transport. I think that's what we're looking at. When we put two applications on the same box and shorten the data path, we invariably see a 13 to 15% increase in performance right out of the box. Now, we can tweak it up to maybe in the low 20s. It's not going to go any further than that. Weird things start to happen. Because you'll sit there and let's say if uh, you're running so fast, now your application's waiting on TCP IP. So uh, weird things start to happen there. And and we've run into that. Again, we have a customer who took WebSphere MQ, consolidated from about 64 licenses down to four, put it on Linux. They've got it uh, hitting their uh, traditional side of the box. They increased their performance by about 22%, and they're saving hundreds of thousands of dollars of licenses at the same time. It's not a bad story.
0: So that's killer. We're just about out of time. Is there any other big things you want to talk about before we wrap up?
1: The main thing is if customers are looking to consolidate or if they want to look at some kind of a large, scalable solution, they should really look at System Z. Is it a fit for everybody? No, absolutely not. But it's not the weird world that it ZOS is. I have a white paper that I wrote. It's called Linux and System Z, a Strange but Powerful Pairing. And it's written for people who are not familiar with the environment. And what we say is, you know what, eh, give it a look. If it's a fit, it's a fit. And if it's not, we're going to be the first ones to say, I'd go do it on Intel or RISC or whatever. Great. Well, Kevin Gates, thanks a lot for taking time to sit down and talk to Randall and I. It looks like you guys have done your homework. You know this stuff pretty well. So it's great to talk to people who, who know the world. We're just nerds. Yeah, yeah. We've, we're
0: just nerds who have been in IT
1: forever. Aren't we all?
0: Novell's Sales Talk is brought to you by Novell, Inc. You can send us feedback at salestalk@novell.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.